Set yourself a New Year goal, they said. It'll be fun. <sighs> Perhaps swimming in the Irish Sea wasn't such a good idea. Set a more achievable goal, like taking control of your finances with personalised money insights in the Bank of Ireland app. It'll help keep track of your spending, like changes to bills, or you might have too many subscriptions. See your tailored money insights, because your financial well-being is our priority. Bank of Ireland. Begin. Bank of Ireland is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Terms and conditions apply. Great. There goes my towel. The Left Wing, brought to you by Bank of Ireland, a proud sponsor of Irish Rugby. Never stop competing. Welcome to the Left Wing Podcast in association with Aldi. Spend €30 in-store for a chance to win €50,000 for your primary school. Kenichiwa, and you're very welcome to the Left Wing Daily Independent.ie's Rugby Podcast. I'm Keen Tracy and we are back once again with a week, another week of podcasts, but we are back once again in Tokyo as Ireland gear up for their quarter-final clash with New Zealand this weekend. Rory O'Connor joins me. Rory, we are back in Tokyo, like I said, very different to when we were first here. The sun was shining a month ago. Uh, it's dark, it's dreary. I think we're still probably getting the after effects of the typhoon, which has thankfully moved on. But apart from the gloomy weather, this does have a very different feel to it, even if we're going to hear from Johnny Sexton a little bit in a while. I was chatting to him this morning. You were at the All Blacks. It, it has a big week feel to it, I doesn't know. it? This is it. This is why we're here. I mean, it's, it's a, as long as you don't screw it up like Scotland, it's a, just such a long build-up to this big game, this, this quarter-final. Um, Ireland made life interesting for themselves, kept it going right into the wire. And uh, I suppose we should probably thank them for that because we had a lot of papers to fill and a lot of podcasts to talk about over the last couple of weeks. But now we've arrived, it was always going to be the most difficult quarterfinal Ireland have played in since probably 1991 when they lost to that Australia team in Lansdowne Road. It might even be their toughest quarterfinal ever now that it is the All Blacks going for three in a row. And the games between Joe Schmidt's Ireland and Steve Hansen's All Blacks have pretty much defined the Joe Schmidt era they probably haven't they definitely haven't defined Steve Hansen's time in charge because he's won a World Cup but they've been the big high watermarks of this era they've been the games I've been at all of them they're just they'll live that forever in my mind as experiences of being there and this game number five between the two coaches between these two teams it will define Joe Schmidt's legacy um, and it is a fitting way for him to either finish or reach a I mean, if they win it, it's obviously not necessarily the high point because they could go on and do something special, but it is the biggest game of this cycle, obviously, and it's everything is built towards this for so long, and we're finally here, and it's very, very exciting. Thankfully, you, you sound very excited there. <laughs> you, you, you look very so sad, but we all... I got up about five in the morning to get up to the All Blacks this morning, so energy levels are a little bit low. Yeah, no, come on, come on. We'll this is, this is what it's all about, but... Thankfully, we didn't have an emergency podcast on Saturday. And while we are looking ahead, we haven't spoken, obviously, about the small game. It would be remiss of us not to mention yeah. it. Um, we spoke about it last week on the podcast that what Ireland needed was a comfortable win, uh, a bonus point win to, to obviously secure their place in the quarterfinal, which they got. But the performance was quite good. Um, yeah, no, it was. It they was. didn't make it easier for themselves. We've obviously got the hearing with, for Bundyaki, which will take place later this evening, and I think it's half 11 Irish time. So th- they face an anxious way to find out about that. All other th- 31 players are fit within the squad, so it was the confidence is back. I mean, in the Irish team, I thought a lot of their big players played well. Johnny Sexton played well. Conor Murray played well. 
tight furlong was outstanding and it was just what they needed wasn't it going into this week yeah I think one big thing that's changed I remember at the start of the tournament kind of um, a lot of players were asked are your family coming out or girlfriends or not that coming out and they all pretty much said no and it seems like halfway through the tournament when morale was a bit low in between that Japan and, and uh, Japan and Russia game they uh there was a bit of a, a change of policy, and it, seem, and it seems it's like every reinforcement. I think they really did. I think I think the mood was a bit low. I think people, the players, were probably finding it harder than they found other tours because it was so intense because they're so far from home. Tyke Furlong spoke to the Daily Reporters last week, and he was he was he was probably read glummer than than it sounded when he was talking about it. But he he did say that it was really hard to ring home because. Their training in the mornings is really the only time. It's something that we're having as well. That you know, the window to actually talk to be, talk to your friends and family back home is pretty narrow because they're generally ringing. You're generally ringing them before they go to work in the morning, and the players have busy schedules. And it's probably something that we underappreciate um, as we try and assess performance and and deal with them. You know, we really only deal with them in these windows. And I think for all of the other performance elements, and obviously their training and their preparation comes into beating Samoa. I think having their families here really gave them a lift. Um, I just remember the body language, and, and, and I sorry, I also think the conditions, the fact that it wasn't as humid down in Fukuoka, that the it's humidity. Like an open, night in the sports ground or Tomah Park, wasn't it? it? Yeah, it suited them. It, it really did, and, and I think that humidity basically vanished overnight, uh, midway through last week, and suddenly um, we're playing in a very different place, you know, and, and I think that definitely helped. And as a result of also having Johnny Sexton running, running essentially the first choice team, minus Peter Omani and Gary Ringrose definitely given uh, Bunyak he's probably going to be suspended it came together nicely and it was uh, probably not that pretty to watch and obviously Stuart Barnes has come out and said that nobody wants nobody should want to have Ireland in the semi-final because um, they don't play particularly nice rugby and it's hard to argue with that it was very effective Samoa are probably the perfect team for Joe Schmidt though I mean you know anything to concede 17 points against Ireland um, if they weren't down to 14 men Ireland would have put a massive score on that team because um, so they conceded 17 points and they don't have a defensive line out so, sorry 17 penalties and uh, they don't have a defensive line out so they just handed opportunities so a lot of players played well and it looked like you know a combination of different factors has them in a much better mental place than they were when they travelled from uh, from um, Shizuoka to Kobe what was that about 10-15 days ago it feels like yeah, it feels like a lot longer yeah, than that. No. But we'll, as I mentioned, we'll we'll hear you know later in the day how Bundyaki's hearing goes. Uh, the RFU have flown in a pre- previous player. Um, was in Derek Hegarty? Is it? Yeah, he's a partner in William Fry. Yeah, so big. You know, it's like pretty big to get like someone like that over just for this case. So the word behind the scenes is that. Joe Schmidt and Ireland think that they have a realistic shot of Bundyaki maybe even only getting one game and obviously you know they need him for this weekend but it'll be interesting we, we may as well kind of cross that bridge when it comes to tomorrow but I think we're both expecting that he will get some sort of ban while it wasn't we, we spoke about it actually on the podcast or at least I did um, that Bundyaki playing against Samoa felt like a bit of a risk in the sense that like the Islanders while they're this band of brothers they love smashing each other and I didn't think that that was the case I think he just got it wrong it was a case of mistiming there definitely didn't seem to be any malice there was no hard feelings after it he was you know hanging out with the players and stuff so and in fairness Samoa came out and have pleaded their case to him but I guess if you're going to go on someone like Piers Francis case then he has a chance but you'd imagine would it be six weeks half to three would that be fair 
I'm trying to rack my brains as to his previous record and whether that's going to count for him or against him. And I'm I'm not. I think it's sure. fairly okay. It, he's okay. Yeah. It, look, I think he missed time. That he went too high. He got it wrong. It was a chance to put a shot. And it was what it was almost like a, so- a football match where a guy miscontrols the ball and then yeah. chasing it start and lunges. He just. It was a bad pass by him, really so he bad. won't, he won't well, be thanking him for that. slipped again midway through the first half, which was the, probably the one disappointing, apart from the red card, the one disappointing part that after a really strong start, they made a couple of really bad errors, a couple of passes went to deck, and that's where you'd be, you know, when we start talking about the All Blacks game, we've been all, all week to do that, where you'd be a little bit, cons- well, you'd be quite concerned about that. And what, you know, a bad pass leads to, you know, a bit of chaos, and Aki launches himself and, and makes contact with that. I thought it was straight red, I... I mean, Ireland might be optimistic, but I think they'd, they'd be better. I mean, obviously, they'd like to have him available for semi-final if they can. If they can even get it down to two, they can't replace him while yeah. he's here. So, um, if he do, yeah. if he doesn't if he does get suspended, it we have that amazing sort of situation where Joe Schmidt has still never had all of his centres fit and available at the same time. And while obviously Ringrose was fit, he had to have a rest for that Samoa game. So. If he does somehow get away with it, it'll be fascinating to see what Joe Schmidt sees as a centre partnership. But I guess we can come come to that whenever it happens later today for tomorrow's podcast. But we've both just flown from Fukuoka. You were uh, on a much earlier flight to catch the All Blacks. We'll get to that a little bit later. But the Irish team flew just after me. We They arrived at the airport at the same time. Um, they've arrived now in Tokyo. They're staying in Disneyland, actually, where the Springboks were. You had a trip out there earlier in the tournament, didn't you? I haven't been there yet, so we'll be we'll be there over the next couple of days. But Not ideal. It wasn't what they wanted. Mm. That's one little factor. And... The, the big thing Joe Schmidt was, you know, when we asked him at the start of the tournament, why, what's the big benefit of, of topping the pool? It was that extra day's preparation. He wanted that Sunday fixture against South Africa because he'd have an extra day. And um, I think Disneyland was their least. I think you, you, you submitted a list Disneyland of Disneyland and Joe Schmidt in a week of a quarter uh, final. It's, it writes itself. I mean, great <laughs> intros. The, you know, I've already true in it. Kind of, you know, they have to make sure they're not in the realm of fantasy. But yeah. we, you know, we've we've oh, got to make references to go. <laughs> but um, like, it, yeah, it, it's in the middle of nowhere, basically. Like, it's not yeah. really. You know, when the play, players want to be, I think, in town, like it's, it's, New Zealand, because they're the top seeds, got the Conrad, which is the one everyone wanted. Japan got the one Ireland wanted then as the second choice and uh, I think sure that helped with their mood in Fukuoka actually as well because town, Fukuoka yeah. was such a great city wasn't it it was probably it was my favourite stop along that we've had the way because we haven't actually stayed in Tokyo yet it'll be interesting to see how we get over the next week but the team were staying right in the centre town in the heart of it and they were able to get out and about and probably breathe a little and I think they benefited from that but just before they flew this morning Johnny Sexton was up for media and while we did speak about this a couple of weeks ago when he was up after the Japan game, it's all about setting the tone, isn't it? You put your you put your main guy up who's probably the best talker within the squad. He sets the tone. New Zealand did the same thing with Steve Hansen, obviously. But yeah, Johnny Sexton was in r- really good form. Um, I think he's I think he's probably learned over the years how to handle these big occasions better because you know Four years ago, he missed out in the quarterfinal when he was one of the. He never played one. He's never started one. Yeah, it's it's crazy, isn't it? And you'd imagine, like, if you were going into Johnny Sexton of old, you'd imagine he'd be uptight and you know he'd be so on point and nervous and that sort of nervous energy. But the IRFU were real smart again. They put um, 
Finney Hammond, who's the video analyst, up with him, and the two of them are good mates. They played on the same St. Mary's team back in Dublin, and they actually toured over in Fukuoka back in 2000, and, oh, I can't remember what I said, in early 2002, I think. 2002. Yeah, I think they won the Senior Cup together in 2002 yeah. as well. Um, but the two of them were absolute gold on the top table, while Johnny Sexton, we're going to hear from him now in a second, was getting his sort of digs in. He's not happy about the negativity um, that was surrounding the team, but... He was just in really relaxed form, and I think that was kind of made more by the fact that he was sitting next to Vinnie Hammond. And I'm a sucker for reading too much into a press conference, but when someone like Johnny Sexton, who you'd imagine is like this, the most serious guy within the squad, is showing that sort of relaxed mood, and while I'm sure it will get, it will get intense as the week goes on, it was a really good sign. But we'll have a listen now to, to hear what he said about the challenge of facing the All Blacks. Uh, yeah, same as you always do, and you, you know, you know what big a task it's going to be like um, it's going to be an incredibly tough game but it's uh, one that we're, we're looking forward to and one that I suppose we can take a little bit of confidence off over the last few times we've played them Yeah, you've lost against them what have been the, the keys to the success? Uh, I, I suppose being clinical you know, uh, when, whenever you do get a chance to, to try and take it um, sounds easy but uh, it's a lot harder to do against uh, such a quality team and uh, you know, if you can do that, uh, you give yourself a chance. Obviously, your defence has to be yeah, top, the, the best it is. Um, you know, we've got to be at our best in that regard, and then our discipline has to be excellent as well. So, uh, you know, that's pretty much the whole game. So, we need to be uh, pretty close to as good as we can be in all aspects to, to get the result that we want. You mentioned taking that confidence. Are um, well, I'm hoping that having lost the pool game that we've got that sort of quarter-final performance out of our system that we've had in other years um, you know against I suppose the, the way we played against Japan was probably very similar to the way we played against um, you know Wales and Argentina over the last two quarter-finals um, there were differences that were, were I suppose were not favourites going into this quarter-final like we were in the last two um, so we've we're building nicely. Uh, we haven't sort of hit our best performance yet, and uh, like I said, we need to get close to that to, to get the right result on, on Saturday. Yeah, but I think they're used to dealing with that. I think New Zealand are, are used to dealing with that pressure. Um, I watched that documentary they did on um, Amazon where they're beating teams by 40 points and they're still getting slated at home uh, so it's uh, that pressure I suppose is with them every time they pull on the jersey so I don't think it'll be much different for this thing. Johnny how close are you to the performance that you produced right now and months ago to beat the All Blacks uh, it's hard to tell I think obviously we're, we're, we've been building I think uh, pretty well um, apart from that poor sort of 60 minutes against Japan you know everything else has pretty much gone to plan Um I suppose a lot of negativity around us um, has, we feel, has been a little bit strange. But uh, you know, we're pretty confident and pretty positive in, in how we've been building. Obviously, we'd like to be playing better at times in, in some regards. But uh, I think uh, hopefully we can put that out there on Saturday now. Yeah, it's hardly it's hardly a trade secret to say that you've got to be close to perfect to to beat the All Blacks and. Ireland, the two times they've done it in this World Cup cycle, have pretty much been perfect. It was interesting, you know, Andy Farrell was speaking about it the other day, uh, just after the game, the small game on Sunday, that saying that you need to score points. And the two wins that they've had have been very different the Chicago game and the one in Dublin last year. Um, a quarter final in a World Cup is different. It's been a long time since the All Blacks have, have lost a game. And while 
they've drawn officially as the, as the Italy game. It's going to be a very different challenge, but I think Ireland have learned from that. Um, like I said, Sexton spoke really well. Do you think, like, what do you think the mood will be this this week? Do you think they'll have learned from four years ago how to handle that occasion better? Because there's a lot of similar guys back. Yeah, well, I think the biggest factor is the fact that they've beaten the All Blacks, and they've all. I think every member of the starting team that I would predict is going to play, and I think pretty much everyone back home will be able to name it unless Rob Kearney has something more serious and they're saying they're not saying it's not I mean it, it, you know you could you could list off the team very very quickly and I think every one of them has beaten them at least once Johnny Sexton and Tyke Furlong have beaten them three times and drawn with them once uh, Conor Murray the same anyone who's on that Lions tour mm. will have a belief they've seen them up close they're not as good as they were they're not as good as they were in 15 they're, or 11 I mean 15 they were absolutely imperious they were untouchable they're still the best team in the world but the, the, the gap between them and the rest has narrowed significantly so um, you know Joe Smith says and Johnny touched on it as well in the transcript that I read earlier that there, you know, Ireland could play that the best game, the game of their lives, and still lose this game, and that is just a fact. It's twelve point favorite favorites. Um, That's big, in, isn't in it? it? I was surprised by that, yeah. but it's probably a measure of, you know, Ireland's twenty eighteen, eighteen performances haven't really fed into twenty nineteen. It will suit them um, though. I think they'll. I mean, they, they were supposed to be different. That this team yeah. was supposed to be different. Joe Schmitz has said in the past that he he doesn't want the the underdog thing. I mean, this isn't supposed to be you know Ireland getting up for games anymore. It's supposed to, like Ireland came here as world number one. They should be on a par with New Zealand. It's a measure of how much doubt has been placed in them um, by their own performances over, over the course of the year. I mean, Samoa were terrible, so we can't get too carried away with that performance. But I do think they have a chance. And if they get everything right, they have what it takes to put New Zealand under significant pressure. Albeit, it's a very different... And Steve Hansen was very keen to say this. If this is not November in Dublin. This is, this mm. is it. Ireland might be getting up to 10% extra that they need to get there for playing the All Blacks. But the All Blacks they're at their top peak level. The, the, the dynamic is quite interesting, isn't it? Because while Ireland don't have that fear factor now anymore of going into to play the All Blacks, it kind of works both ways in that the All Blacks respect Ireland more than what they've ever done before, and that is very dangerous. We've both covered enough All Blacks games back in Dublin when you know they're up for media and you kind of ask them about a player they're coming up against and they never really know. Sean O'Brien was sort of... It was the Brian O'Driscoll for years, then it was Sean yeah, O'Brien. Yeah, you know, and it's like yeah. maybe... It's probably done on purpose, in fairness, like, but... That was the sort of party line that they told, but they know who this Irish team are now. And like you said, every man in the street can name the team that's going to start this weekend against them if everyone is fit. And I think that is dangerous as well, that the All Blacks are going to respect Ireland probably more than what have they ever, they've ever done before. Yeah, but they don't put it as much into it. Like They res- definitely respect Ireland. And, it, and it, look, they, I think they'd respect anyone they're playing in the quarterfinal. This is when they are utterly on. I mean, Chicago... You could definitely see that they dropped the ball a little bit that week. They were missing their starting locks. But the two games since then in Dublin, they've been 100% focused on Ireland and they won one, lost one. But this is different in a World Cup quarter final. But I just don't think they, I don't think the All Blacks put as much focus into Ireland as Ireland will put mm-hmm. into them. Um, Hanson had a bit of a, a jibe at, at Schmidt today saying, yeah, you know. You got up early to, to, yeah, to, to I, go to Tokyo. I love it sounds Steve like, it sounds like it was worth it. Every time he delivers, I, I, the 17 lines to her, it was just, he, he almost just sat back and forgot about work for a couple of, for a couple of minutes and just listened to the man talk. Mm. I know he dirtied his bib, I, I let himself down a bit with the Severi stuff before the tournament, but he's a really impressive speaker and he, he really knows how to set the tone. And I know you said that Ireland put out their heavy hitter. I would. If I was advising any team, I would advise them to put your main coach up on a Monday and get the messages out there. Andy Farrell did it a bit yesterday. I thought he was really good. 
but it got lost a bit because it was on Sunday. It was the day after the match. Mm. I would like Hansen comes out every every time he thinks he needs it. He comes out on a Monday and he just starts sending the message out. Ireland, you know, he's, he says we're used to the pressure. We're used to this scenario. He says, uh, you know, Joe Schmidt can come up with all the trick plays he wants, but I've been setting traps for him. That's pretty much what he said. You know, I've been setting traps for him. It means it means Joe's second guessing him. And I mean, look. I was going to say probably Schmidt's not listening. Schmidt reads everything. He, he takes everything on board, you know. He but he, he chooses not to get engaged in this stuff himself. I think it's actually a weakness of, of this Ireland setup that they don't control the message more. Although Sexton was a good one to put out today, so it would look. Hansen was really impressive. The, the quotes are already up there and independent that I eat. They're well worth the read because he just sets that tone really, really well. Um, a couple of players come in afterwards and you know asking Sam Kane about how much work they've put into Ireland and they're. When they say they're focused on themselves, you believe them. You know, Anthony Brown was a really good talker. I didn't realise how yeah, good, good I, talker he is. I interviewed him earlier before the South Africa game, actually, and he's had a brilliant tournament. He's been excellent. I mean, yeah. look, they're brilliant players, you know. But Kane was asked about getting up to the pitch of the game, you know. And the problem they have, I think, is because their game against Italy was cancelled, and the two games previously were Canada and Namibia. Mm. It's like four or five. It's four Apparently weeks. Apparently, they had some really tough training. I mean, that's what they're saying. Games. Yeah, that but they, I, you they, they blew it. the GPS numbers off the door. But I don't think for all that you can't replicate no. the, the but, collisions. But if Steve Hansen let them off the reins and an All Blacks training session full on, I'd say is is pretty tasty. Oh, I'd I'd seen it. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. And but that, that like that. But still I mean, very are, is that just getting messaging out there? Yeah, is that just letting Ireland know that they're still there? I mean, that South Africa game's a long. I know you watched it in depth and analysed it in today's paper. It's a long time ago. Like, it feels yeah. like an age since we were there. Like, that was the last time we were in, in Yokohama before we went on our trek across Japan. Um, that's a long time to, to, to leave the team stewing. And, you know, a lot of players, like Ritalik didn't get the game he needed. Jack Barrett Goodhue hasn't is played short. in a while. Yeah, even so if he was even going to be involved. There are the doubts that it will be. I yeah. think it's interesting that Hansen said that they're blowing the numbers off in training because mm. that's all they have to reference. Whereas Ireland, for all that they've struggled, they've had tough games. It's interesting that he said that, you know, he might have set traps or he has set traps for Joe Schmidt because Joe Schmidt, especially in that last November game, just had plays designed to beat the All Blacks and that Jacob Stockdale try will forever go down as one of the great Joe Schmidt specials. There's been a few, but that one will always stick in the memory and he will definitely have plays for this weekend. And Johnny Sexton was asked about it this morning and he was sort of saying that... Um, he'd have to wait to get the play sheet off Joe, which he was just going, going in to get after the media. But Johnny Sexton has that playbook. He knows what's going on. And even it was actually really interesting. Um, you know, Ireland have been working overtime it, it, from the analysis point of view in terms of Vinnie Hammond that they didn't just wake up to or after the game yesterday and go, OK, now we need to switch the focus. They have reams and reams and reams of footage. They've prepared for New Zealand. They've prepared for South Africa. They always felt like after they'd lost that game to Japan, that it was going to be the All Blacks. And it was just kind of the way Sexton just kind of shrugged it off and said, oh, like, we'll wait and see what Joe comes up with. But there was just a glint in his eye. Like, there's Joe Schmidt will have something planned. Whether it comes off or not is the big question. But we saw it in November. It can be the winning and the losing in a game like that, can't it, against the All Blacks? Yeah, because you go back to that 2016 rematch and Bowden Barrett, it was like, 29 lads kicking the living daylights out of each other and the most intensely physical battle I've seen since the 9 second test in Pretoria and then there was this one guy who was just able to float above it all and glide through gaps and have that speed and then two years later it was Schmidt's uh, preparation and smarts Ireland won the physical battle and they had the, the wherewithal to take the chance when it came and it was really only at first Ireland should have won that game way more comfortably but 
problem Ireland have is that they struggle to take to make their advantages pay sometimes against the best defences because they're so blunt as an attacking instru- instrument. They need Schmidt's mind because they don't have the, the play. I mean, we saw Japan last night were so creative. I mean, that's great. that's what you want to see from your attack. That's kind of what everyone's been kind of crying out mm. for. I, I, not that specifically, but to see a team that inventive. Anyway, that's, I'm getting off, pack, off point. Ireland don't have that. Ireland are a bit of a blunt instrument and Schmidt's ability to create plays for them and to design things for them is what gets them over the line in these tight games. Other coaches have been watching him just as much as he's been watching them now. Um, it'll be interesting to see what he has up his sleeve because this is basically this could be his last game as a coach if if, if his plan to finish coaching is, is gone. You'd so forget that, wouldn't you? Like Both that of them. Get, get, yeah, get lost in it. This is one of their one of the, one of the two great coaches is going to bring the curtain down on a career but you mentioned Japan just before we finish we were both supposed to go and cover the game but obviously the typhoon had other ideas and in hindsight we probably could have forced it a bit more and, and made it up it was it was incredible wasn't it and um, we watched it in Fukuoka which obviously rugby is, is quite quite big in there and you when that game was on you could feel that the World Cup was on which was more than what you could say from some of the other cities and I think that this week will be so interesting in Tokyo because there's obviously going to be a massive influx of fans that are going to arrive this week and it'll be really interesting to see how the how the city you know welcomes that and how it copes and did you see the video of the Shibuya crossing yeah. like it was it was amazing to see wasn't it but we watched in a packed bar in Fukuoka last night uh, loads of locals and mo- any bars around it were packed out the door as well and it was the game itself was incredible but as an occasion to watch it while it would have been amazing to have been in Yokohama at the game it was it was special, wasn't it? It was, it yeah, was really, no, really, really cool and like nice to be here to witness that and see what it means to the people who, like rugby's still growing here and it just shows you what Japan are capable of because, like I said, they're playing rugby from another planet compared to most other teams in this World Cup and it's an absolute joy to watch. Absolutely. It's just a pity it was such a grimy kind of student bar we were in. It, was, uh, <laughs> it wasn't the best spot. but It, it felt it, like a place you go for one, coppers. Yeah, yeah. I haven't been in a place like that for a while. <laughs> um, but the... It was. It was really amazing. Um, this, uh, it's one of the things that we realised about Japan is it's not like going to watch games in bars is not really something they do over here. Mm. So it's been a bit of a struggle to find places. Um, it was really like just to watch the speed and joy with which they play the game, the accuracy and precision of their passing, the threat that they pose on both sides of the rook, which is something that other teams need to learn from because their shape is so good to watch. Tony Brown's stock has like he was already one of the most sought after coaches in the world, and Leinster went after him, didn't they? Before mm. Stuart Lancaster. He is, he's a serious rugby brain, isn't he? It's, the, it's like you said, it's the attacking from both sides of the ruck and it, it, it looks so simple when it's done, but when it's done at that pace, it's phenomenal. Yeah, their fitness is unreal as well. Like that 210 days of spent in camp, the plan that they had to take them out of the front lines, the fact that they haven't played rugby. I mean, there's a mo- like, I don't know if anyone else can follow that model, but like the RFU already look at wrapping players in yeah. cotton wool. I think so the province is starting to get a bit nervous that they're not going to see the players for the entire year mm. before the next World Cup. It shows what's the, possible, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, if 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 a coach can get that much control mm. over players now, I mean, uh, they might put all the provinces out of business. We don't want to see it, that. No, though. we don't really want to see that at all. Um, I'm just glad it went ahead. I'm glad it, like er, the whole World Cup would have been tainted if it hadn't. Yeah. It's still a bit tainted, but it's just quite tainted by the fact that Italy maybe it didn't go ahead. Sorry, Italy, New Zealand didn't go ahead. But um, it was a phenomenal game to watch. It was uh, a great place to see it. 
um, to see the local reaction, the way that the fans from all around the world, a lot of Irish fans were still in Fukuoka, so they were mingling with the locals and high five and hugging. There was yeah, a there was lot around, all over are making their way to Oita, aren't they? Which is kind yeah, of well, down Yeah, we're in Kumagayu. I don't know. Kumagaya, I think, to play the yesterday, which is down the road from Fukuoka. So there was fans from all over. It's just it's World Cup stuff. It's what World Cups are supposed to be. And sometimes I felt like Japan has missed that. Like I've, lo- I've yeah. loved parts of it, and then other times you're like, I, I could be anywhere here. Yeah. That's um, why this week I think will be really interesting, especially the weekend to see, you know, even on the Saturday and or the Sunday, even when the other game is on, will the bars here be packed out to watch? You know, the Wales Australia and f- like because it's such a brilliant weekend ahead, isn't it? Obviously Wales France as well. Yeah, it's, it's it's sensational. I mean, this is. The, the tournament draws some criticism for the fact that it takes so long to get here and, and justifiably so unfortunately well Nature fortunately and unfortunately uh, player welfare has to take precedence maybe bigger squads or something or smaller pools if they get another four teams in but when it gets to this point it is uh, it's elite sport at its best and, and we have four very good games and um, even from the amount of English journalists who hang, hung on today to talk to Steve Hansen I think the Ireland-New Zealand game is going to capture a lot of imagination this weekend. Yeah, well, we've got a, a, a busy but exciting week ahead. Hopefully it won't be our last week of, of doing the, the left-wing daily. Um, but we're going to go to Disneyland tomorrow. Um, we're going to have a great time in Disneyland tomorrow. Um, the Richie Murphy or maybe Simon Easterby yeah, in Disneyland. But it's all very incongruous. It's just a dream, isn't it? But yeah, we'll have loads. There's actually Johnny Sexton is going to be really interesting. Um in tomorrow's paper as well he had a lot more to say about Ireland's World Cup campaign today that's worth checking out and Rudd I know you're going to have a big piece um, kind of looking at the Ireland New Zealand game itself and obviously reaction from the All Blacks but we'll have plenty more of that coming tomorrow and hopefully we'll have an update on Bundyaki's potential suspension but cheers for joining me cheers The Left Wing Podcast in association with Aldi spend 30 euro in store for a chance to win 50,000 euro for your primary school